Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast for the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, your host of the podcast and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon, and publishes those in, with detailed reports in the quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, otherwise known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the Observer's Notebook, you can donate it to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5 you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you will receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash observersnotebook. A reminder, the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers maintains many individual observing sections and programs devoted to the study of various solar system bodies and phenomenon. Each is managed by one or more coordinators that collect and study the submitted observations. If you would like to join the ALPO, you can for as little as $14 a year. For more information, you can visit us on the internet at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And now, The Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Our special guest today is Bob Lunsford. He's a two-time visitor now to the podcast. He's the uh, director of the ALPO Meteor section. So, Bob, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. It's been a while since we had a good meteor shower. Yes, it is, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into it, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Sure, I've been observing meteors now since about 1966. That was a big year when the uh, Leonid stormed. And uh, been director of the uh, ALPO meteor section since uh, 1988. So I've been around a long time, seen a few meteors. <laughs> Fantastic. Now today we're going to talk, this is a time-sensitive uh, podcast, so we're recording and I'm going to put it online in just a couple days, but it's the Orionids meteor shower. And uh, why don't you just give us a two-minute briefing on what exactly a meteor shower is for those of our listeners that are new. Okay. A meteor shower is a uh, particular radiant, let's say. Uh, they're, they're meteors that are associated with a particular object, a comet or an asteroid. And uh, a normal li- uh, night, you'll just see uh, random meteors and maybe a minor shower. But... Uh, the Orionids are a major annual shower that the Earth 
passes through a particular orbit, and we will see meteors shooting from the constellation of Orion. Uh, these normally last a month. It all depends on the on, on the shower. Uh, the Orionids last basically from the last week of September through most of November. They have a plateau-like peak that's centered on October 22nd. And uh, early in the in the activity period, their rates are pretty low. Right now, they're averaging about 10 per hour, and I expect uh, with maximum arriving next weekend, we should see up to 20 or 25 um, Orionid meteors per hour. Uh, after that, they will slowly diminish and disappear by the end of November. The Orionids happen every year at the same time. All right. On October 22nd is a Sunday, I believe, too, right? How about that? It doesn't happen. Perfect. That's, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, does it? <laughs> and what's the moon going to be like that night? The moon will be new on the 19th, so it will set very early in the evening, so there won't be any interference from the moon. Okay, so the perfect time to observe a meteor shower is what time of the evening? For the Orionids, it rises about 10 p.m., but it'll be low at that time, so... It's much better to wait until after midnight, and the best time to look is actually an hour or two before dawn, when Orion it uh, stands, stands straight uh, south and as high as it gets in the, in the night sky. Okay, now this meteor shower—it's related. It, you said it goes through a path around its orbit. That's and correct. That, that path is related to a comet, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Halley's comet, uh, <laughs> and it, it, it's actually uh, the same source as the Eight Aquarius of May. Uh, the uh, Orionid meteors are the incoming debris from Halley's Comet, and the Eight Aquarius are the outgoing. So we pass through this stream twice. And just to, just to make note, it's not just one stream. Every time Halley's Comet goes through the uh, inner solar system, it creates another one. And at this particular time, we're not actually intersecting any fresh streams from Halley's Comet. So these are, have been created well over 100 years ago, uh, mo- more likely around the year 1000. So the, the, the debris we're seeing now is very old. Wow. So this is actually pieces of Halley's Comet they're going to be, that, are, that are, we're going to be flying through. That is correct. That's fantastic. Now, how, how bright are, are these meteors in this meteor shower? Uh, on average, actually, they're not too bright, but there are certain years when we do encounter uh, Orionid fireballs. This last uh, occurred around 2006, and it seems to be a 12-year resonance. So um, we can expect a little more uh, uptick uh, this year and maybe in even uh, 2018. So I would expect to see an occasional Orionid fireball. Most of them will be faint. So, uh, you know, dark skies uh, out in a rural location will help, but uh, uh, fireballs could occur. Okay. I, I, see, I seem to remember like 10 years ago or so, there were like 50 or 60 meteors per hour in the Orionids. That's correct. It uh, actually was just as good as the Perseids back then. So, uh, like I said, it seems Jupiter seems to maybe have, have plumped some of these uh, uh, streams a little closer to the Earth uh, every 12 years. So, um, like I said, 12, 12 years ago, <clears throat> that was around 2005. So, um, 
we're looking for a forage to increase the activity now. So the potential for a pretty decent meteor shower is good for this year. Right. I, I hate to be overly optimistic. <laughs> you know what happens well, there. Well, if you're not, then the press will make it overly optimistic. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. So I, I would feel real good with around 25 an hour, okay. but it has the potential to be better. Oh, fantastic. Now, where would you recommend someone observing the eclipse from? Or not the eclipse, the, uh, the, the meteor shower from. They'll, they'll have eclipse hangover. Huh? Well, yeah, I think I do, yes. I do. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, well, first of all, find yourself a, a good rural sky, if possible. Uh, in, anyway, where, whatever you, wherever you watch from, uh, you, sh- you should look somewhere toward the uh, constellation of Orion. Most people know it. It rises at 10 o'clock in the eastern sky, and by dawn, stands straight south. So I would suggest somewhere look toward the uh, southeastern sky about halfway up. Uh, the Orionid meteors will shoot from an area just north of Betelgeuse, the bright uh, orange star in the upper left corner of the constellation. And it can be seen shooting in any part of the sky, but if you trace their path back, they'll all come from an area just north of Betelgeuse. Now, there's going to be other showers that have radiance in the same general location. But uh, what will help you differentiate those is most of them will be slightly faster, slightly uh, slower. The Orionids are pretty fast meteors, even faster than the Perseids. Uh, This time of year, there's the Tarids, who are actually in Aries. You'll see slow meteors coming from them. There's also a a minor, very minor shower called the Epsilon Geminis, it has a radiant just north of the um, the Orionis, and there's also a shower called the Leo Minoris. I bet you haven't heard of that one, but surprisingly, that one does have a high percentage of fireballs. It only produces maybe three an hour, but uh, it comes from the area just north of Leo in that obscure constellation, Leo Minor, and uh, it kind of looks like they're having a battle between Orion and Leo. So you might keep an eye out for those. Very good. Oh, wow. So this sounds like it would be a perfect opportunity for someone new even to go out and start observing a meteor shower. For sure. It's uh, a lot warmer than it will be during the Geminids, and uh, <laughs> it, it is a good time. Now, for the uh, meteor section, what type of observations are you looking for people to submit? What we would like is for people to watch for at least an hour and try to differentiate between the sporadics, which are random meteors, and the, the other showers that are active. Uh, the reason we ask for an hour is because there seems to be peaks and valleys uh, by the minute, actually, uh, of, of meteor activity. So if you go out and watch for only 15 minutes, you might be in one of those lulls and, and see nothing. So if you keep yourself comfortable, get in a lounge chair, get a sleeping bag over you, and watch for an hour, you'll see both peaks and valleys and get a really good indication of what's going on. Hmm. So people should get up early on a Sunday morning or stay up late, probably get up early. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> on, 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 yeah, I, I agree. On Sunday the 22nd and pull out your lounge chair, get a blanket and hot chocolate and sit there and uh, watch a pretty meteor shower, yeah. huh? Right. If Sunday looks bad, actually the activity... Uh, few days before and a few days after is, 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 is also quite good. Unlike the Perseids, who have a really sharp maximum on August uh, 12th, 
the Orionas are pretty much spread out. And, uh, you know, if you get clouded out one night, the next night will, will be almost as good. So yeah. for, a, for weeks uh, centered on that uh, 22nd, you should see some good activity in the Orionas. All right, so you're looking for people to uh, count the number of meteors they see that that are that they can probably identify as Orionids. Right, right. And uh, try to do an hourly count. If if not, let us know exactly the time you were out so, so we can, uh, you know, uh, calculate uh, what, what your hourly rate would be. Also, if you're really feeling bold, uh, you can try to estimate the, the magnitude of uh, each meteor. Uh most, most people can see down to about fifth magnitude meteors, and of course, you can always hope for fireballs will be in the, in the negative uh, column. So, in estimating the magnitude, though, do you want the brightest? You obviously want the brightest magnitude because they're not. You, you want the, the brightest part of the meteor. Okay. Uh, meteors often flare, and yeah, you definitely want the brightest uh, part of, 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 of each meteor. Okay. So compare if you see Venus in the night sky or in the morning sky, or if it's that bright, that's a, that's one you, thing. You can see that as a minus four, yeah. and Betelgeuse and most of the stars of uh, Orion range anywhere from zero to two and 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 downward. Uh, yeah. It it's it's really hard, but once you get used to it, uh, it, it comes second second nature. Very good. Now, is there an uh, official observing form that the meteor section has that you'd like the observation submitted with? Um, I believe we have one online. If not, they can contact me via email, and I can get one out to them beforehand, or just simply on any piece of paper write down the time, the magnitude, and the shower association. That's all. That's all I really need. And what really helps is to have uh, your 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 conditions. Uh, you know, whether it's clear, partly cloudy, or if you have any obstructions, and. Uh, if you can estimate the uh, limiting magnitude that you're seeing, that that really helps us out. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. Do you have anything else to add about the Orionids? Um, only, yeah, you, you should take advantage of this year because it doesn't happen very often that it peaks on a weekend and we have a, have a new moon. Now, next year, the moon will be uh, 11 days further advanced so that puts it at 13 days, which is only two days before a full moon. So next year's Orionids are pretty much shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the time. And for you beginners out there that don't have a telescope that are looking for some type of astronomy program to get involved with, this is an exciting one to do. Because I can tell you, I've seen some excellent meteor showers in my life, and there's nothing like them. You'll always remember the good meteor showers. And if you happen to miss one, we'll have another one in two months for the Geminids. And uh, Tim, will get together for that one, too. We will. We'll chat about that again. Now, how can everybody get a hold of you? Okay. Probably the easiest way is my email address, which is lunro.imo.usa at cox.net. That's great. And there's an article on the Orionids on the uh, AOPO uh, website uh, under the Meteor section. So you can check that out, too. Oh, fantastic. has some charts you can use, too. Okay, I will put links to both your email address and the ALPL Meteor section for the Orionids in the show notes. Well, Bob, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Outstanding. We look forward to you seeing in two months. All right.
Okay, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank our guest, Bob Lensford, for coming on and giving us a little preview to the Orionids meteor shower happening this October 2017. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you please... If you do, please rate and review us. I do appreciate it. That's how we bring new people and communicate our podcast to the world. So go on there, take a couple minutes, put a, rate, put a rating, a five-star, four-star, whatever rating you want to do, and a short review. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. We're also available on Google Play and Stitcher. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month. If you feel so generous to give, to give up to $35 a month, you'll receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I really want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seidentop, for his continued generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thanks a lot, Steve. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is also in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at observersnbpod. That's at observersnbpod. You can join the ALP for as little as $14 a year. To find out more, visit www.alpo-astronomy.org. You can also find the ALPO on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy up there in the search field. And this here podcast also has a Facebook page. Just go searching for Observer's Notebook. The ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, meteor showers, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.